Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Well, good morning. I sure am glad to see everybody. If we have not yet met, my name is Mark. I'm the pastor here at Hope Church, and I'm delighted to see you here in God's house the second Sunday of 2023. And uh, if this is your first time here, a very warm and special welcome to you as well. If you happen to have your Hope Church Plus app handy, you may want to go ahead and pull it out for our message notes and reflection questions at the bottom. We also put those as an insert inside your info guide, so you have access uh, and the ability to follow along if you so choose. But today is Baptism Sunday. You see the baptismal set up here in the front, uh, and this is one of those opportunities that we take annually where we remember how Jesus himself was baptized and how Jesus asks us to follow in those same steps, so to speak, to follow along in baptism as well, which goes to show us that baptism is not uniquely a Christian rite, R-I-T-E, or more accurately said, sacrament. It's not a uniquely Christian sacrament because Jesus came and was baptized by his cousin John, who developed sort of a nickname, John the what? Baptist, right? Not talking about member of a Southern Baptist type church, but John the baptizer, John the one who was performing and officiating baptisms. And people were coming from all over to receive the baptism that John the Baptist was performing. But you might want to ask the question, or might feel inclined to ask the question, well, what kind of baptism was John the Baptist performing if it wasn't a uniquely Christian baptism because we perform uniquely Christian baptisms in our modern era? Well, John the Baptist was preaching a baptism of repentance, a cleansing ritual, if you will. We should have this on the screen, and this is the first point in your, uh, in your message notes for today. John the Baptist was performing a cleansing ritual, and it was to be done primarily in a natural body of water. A natural body of water that God created and uh, people would come to it. And the Jordan River is one where John the Baptist was performing baptism. But Jesus came to be baptized by John, his cousin. He came to be baptized by John. And he said that it was necessary for righteousness sake. We're going to look at that more deeply in a moment. But what ended up happening there when Jesus was baptized, and we see this emerge throughout the progression of Christian theology and tradition, is that Christian baptism became a sign and a symbol of our participation in Jesus' death, his burial, and resurrection. So this is what we see the differences. For John the Baptist, the baptism that he was performing was one of a cleansing ritual, so to speak. And he would talk about repentance. In other words, turn 180 degrees away from the way that you're living and begin to live a new life. For Jesus, when he came... He received that baptism even though he had no sin from which to be cleansed or forgiven. But he said, this is what is necessary for righteousness' sake. And friends, that is a very important point. So let's look into that a little bit more clearly. This gets into asking the question, why is it that I should get baptized? And the very first point is because Jesus was 
and wants us to be baptized too. Let's look at our Bible lesson that comes from this account that I've summarized. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up and out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Now, as we look at this, there's a little bit of a struggle, I guess, for lack of a better term, in the exchange that Jesus had with John the Baptist. Now, of course, John was the baptizer, and Jesus came to be baptized. But if we were to move ourselves out of that, we can see a little bit of an interchange or an exchange there that might actually speak into some reality of us there. Jesus wants us to be baptized like he was baptized too. But have you ever felt a struggle with that? Why might that be? Well, for one reason, surrender. For some, it's intimidating. It's a little scary. Maybe you feel like, I don't know what I need to know. I, sh I haven't done all the right things. I haven't been good. I haven't been perfect. I, haven't, uh, I don't have perfect attendance in church yet. And I know it's only the second Sunday of the year, right? It's okay to laugh at that, right? You know, it's, it's, but that's the point that Jesus was trying to make. This is what's necessary to fulfill righteousness, to surrender, to submit, even as Jesus himself was surrendering and submitting. It was even more than just needing to be cleansed of sin. For Jesus, it was about submitting and surrendering to the will of God. And that can be one of the scariest, most difficult things that we do in our lives, is to say, God, I surrender my life, my will, my wants, my needs, my desires to you. And does that mean we always get it perfect? No, of course not. But what it does do is it helps us to acknowledge those moments when we do tend to get it wrong, that, oh, wait a second, I've already surrendered this to God. So God, I'll let you have it. I'm going to give it to you. And that's one of those moments that sets us up a posture, so to speak, to say, even when I know I mess up, when I get it wrong, I don't, I'm not going to get cast out like the baby in the bathwater. This is one of those moments where I say, dear Lord, I recognize how far, how far I have fallen and how far I've gone away. So bring me back. Help me. Help me to remember that in my baptism, I surrendered and I submitted my life to you. So that's one of the reasons that Jesus wanted us to be baptized. So often we look at it as, we think of it in terms of it's the end of my journey, but Jesus says, no, it's the beginning. This is what started Jesus' public ministry. It's not the fulfillment of living a perfect life or getting it all right. It's not that at all. Rather, what it is, is the starting of our journey. I like to refer to it as a Jesus journey. It's the beginning of our Jesus journey where we say, dear Lord, help me get it right. And when I get it wrong, help me remember that I've gotten it wrong so I can get it right for you. To continue on that Jesus journey. It's not the fulfillment. It's the beginning. It's the start. So the first point was Jesus was baptized and wants us to be baptized too. Again, it's a sign and a symbol of our surrender to God's will for our lives. But it's also more than that. It's a powerful symbol, a powerful symbol. Now, when we use that word sacrament, in our United Methodist tradition, we have 
two sacraments, one being baptism, the other being Holy Communion. And we talk about these because they are powerful symbols of something that Jesus did and asked us to do them as well. On Christmas Eve, for example, we went over the story about how it was the redemption of all of humanity, and it was their uh, Thanksgiving meal, so to speak, the Passover meal, when Jesus changed and modified the understanding of what Holy Communion was about. Well, baptism is much the same way. He took that traditional Jewish cleansing ritual and made it something that is necessary and pertinent for righteousness. And why is that? Well, I'm glad that you asked because it's a powerful symbol. Let's look at our scripture lesson that goes with, uh, goes with this point. From Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. This is what the Apostle Paul, or how the Apostle Paul describes baptism. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Baptism is a powerful symbol that invites us into the participation of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And baptism is the sign and the symbol of that act. When you go under the water, it is our acknowledgement and surrender to God that I need to die to my old, worn-out, burned-out way of living. And when you go all the way under the water, it is like you were buried in that old way of life. And when you come out of the water, it is the sign and the symbol of God's resurrecting power at work in your life, surging through you. The same power that brought Jesus back from the dead, that rose Jesus from the grave, is the same power that God puts into your heart and into your life in your baptism. It's the sign and the symbol. Now, in our Wesleyan tradition, we recognize three basic modes of baptism. We have in front of us our immersion pool, our immersion tank. Now, Raven Davidson really wants us to cook spaghetti in this. And maybe one day we will, right? I, I'm not going to say never say never, but uh, it probably wouldn't hold up to the heat of boiling spaghetti. But still, we have our immersion tank here in front of us. And this is a great way for us to remember that when we get in the water, we are submitting our lives to God. And we go under as though we are dying to our old, worn out, burned out way of living. We are under the water, we are buried, and we are resurrected. Now, I don't have any resurrection power, but what I, I mean, I have it in me, but I don't have it to bestow. But when I pull you up out of the water, it is that symbol of God raising us from our old way of life. This is just one mode. Another mode that we have is pouring. Pouring, you see the picture there, a pouring baptism. Uh, generally the way I like to do those is have a person stand in the baptismal and then I'll just pour the entire pitcher of water over your head. And then the third means or mode, typical for our infant baptisms, is sprinkling. Now, sprinkling as I take the water in my hand and I put it on your head. Some people like to think that they're getting away with something by just choosing a sprinkling baptism over a, a deeper baptism. But if you've seen me baptize youth and adults with sprinkling, you realize you're probably getting just about as wet as if you've gotten in the tank to begin with. 
some of us need the extra water. But the point being, <laughs> that was a joke, right? The, the point being, though, that it really isn't the amount of water that matters, but it's getting that water on our head and allowing our hearts to be open to the Spirit of God that wants to surge into our life as we live into and participate in that death, that burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It is a powerful, powerful symbol. Which leads us to our third point. We need baptism to truly live in God's power. In Acts chapter 2, verses 38 through 39, this is when Peter is giving his Pentecost Day sermon. We read these words, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Friends, this is powerful stuff. Peter says, repent, believe, and be baptized. This is how God puts his power in you. Now, is it the water that imparts God's power upon you? Someone say no. No. This is just good old Paulding County tap water. Which I understand comes from Cobb County, so it's, you know, extra gooder, right? <laughs> covers all, covers, covers our bases. But it's just water that, it's just tap water. We don't have it imported from Israel. I don't even make it more Jordan water. My last name is Jordan, right? Do you know that? Anyway, so yeah. I don't make it any more Jordan than it already is. It's just water. It's just water. But it is a sign and a symbol of that work that God does within us. When we acknowledge that we have to die to our old way of living. And so we participate in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. That surrender and that receiving of the gift that God longs to give us is precisely what imparts that power that God has put in our lives. It's not the water. It's the relationship. It's dear God, forgive me for my sins. I know you love me, and I want to live in that love. I want to live according to your will, your word, and your way. So help me to die to my selfishness, to my self-centered bent toward narcissistic sinning. And help me, Lord, in my resurrection to be the person who you created and you call me to be. Those who receive the water will eventually dry off, right? And when that water is dry, does that mean you weren't baptized? No. Probably noticed for a little over a year or so, I've been wearing these silicone wedding bands. Tiffany got them for me so that when I went to the gym, it would communicate that this specimen is taken. Isn't that about right, Tiff? Please. Yeah, she's that's right. No. Um, I really like them. It's comfortable, soft. But this, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a bunch of them. But the first one she gave me for Christmas was engraved, and it said, my love now and forever is eternally drawn. And I lost it. About a year or so ago, I lost it. And this is the, the new one. 
the thing is, I don't even really know how I lost it. I don't know if I was washing my hands or doing the dishes or putting away a towel or something like that. Because I've had this one pop off many times. And I felt so guilty when I lost it. It broke my heart because it was a gift that she had that she'd given to me. It's a sign and a symbol of our love and our connectedness and our relationship. And it's gone. I have no idea where it is. I mean, I took drain traps and things out of our sinks to try to find the ring. It never showed up. And as much as I felt badly for having lost it, and I limped home, I'm so sorry. See, I knew you weren't. When I lost that ring, does that mean that I was no longer married to Tiffany? No. Somebody said it might have. I don't know. Well, we'll, Jerry, I guess. Jerry Jerry didn't need to talk. Well, anyway. So I lost the ring. So does that mean I wasn't married? For most of us sitting here, no. It's a sign and a symbol. I got a new one, and I wear it faithfully. The same is true with our baptism water. Sometimes we move away in our relationship with God. We move farther away. And we are guilty of becoming more like, not more, but more like how we were before we knew Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The thing about the verse from Peter is we see that God is calling those who are far off. He's calling them and beckoning them home. Now being far off can correspond to two different ways, two different things. One is proximity. If you're far off from God, perhaps you have wandered, perhaps you have left, perhaps you are on a journey away from Jesus, off the path, and you've moved. For whatever reason, things that you've done, things that have happened to you that you had no control over whatsoever, maybe you made that decision to walk away from the faith. But here is a truism for you. You can't walk away from God. God is everywhere. God is present and as near to you as your very next breath and the next beating of your heart. Therefore, those who are far off from God, they can't go any farther outside of God's presence from a proximity point of view. But from a spiritual point of view, absolutely. Is there anyone in here who has wandered off from God spiritually? I don't need to see a show of hands because all of us should raise our hands at some point. Sometimes it begins with just a very subtle shifting. Sometimes maybe your gait picks up a little bit. You start jogging or you start running. Some people think the way of God is so oppressive that maybe they skip to Malu away from the Lord. But the reality is we can't get out of God's proximity. But God still calls us back. And here is the beautiful illustration that comes to us. Is that when we make our turn back to God, even though it's called repentance, when we make that turn back to God, we recognize God is already there. John the Baptist told the people that he was baptizing in the water to repent and to come home. 
the Apostle Paul, when he was writing about the powerful symbolism of baptism, he was talking about repenting and turning away from your old, worn-out, burned-out way of living. And the Apostle Peter, he himself wrote to repent, believe, and be baptized. Let's break that down really quickly. To repent, to turn away from that old way of selfish, narcissistic, sin-soaked living. Believe in the gospel. Believe in the words of Christ. That our salvation comes to you, to me, to all of us, through the forgiveness of sins. And that once we are in God's grip, nothing can snatch us away. And so believe that when you make that turn back to God, he is beckoning you back from your far off place. And be baptized. To be cleansed. To be washed. As a sign and a symbol of your connected relationship forever and ever. We have two individuals this morning who've chosen to start their Jesus journey in the water of baptism. And I would like all of us to know that when we witness and observe someone receiving the water of baptism, it isn't just for those individuals. It's something that takes place and transpires for all of us. It's something that speaks into our lives, calls us to remember how we ourselves have been saved, how we ourselves have been cleansed, and we ourselves have been forgiven for the sake of God calling us back home. So when our two friends this morning emerge into the water of baptism and they emerge out from it, it's not just those individuals that are receiving the water. It is all of us that are remembering that we too have heard that call of God to come back from a far off place. And to be united with him in eternity. And so as we have our water of baptism here this morning. And we prepare to administer the sacrament. It's a sign and a symbol of God's saving grace in our lives. Calling us from that far off place. Spiritually. May we remember how we ourselves have received that love and that grace of God. Through the baptism waters. And we emerge from this point in these moments. This place in time. In this place of spiritual existence, say, Lord, take me, forgive me, save me, and deploy me into your world for the sake of helping make you know. Will you join me in prayer, please? Almighty God, we come to you this morning acknowledging that we have the water of baptism here in front of us. Lord, it is so true that every single one of us in this room need this water. And for those who are to receive it today, we give you great thanks. But Almighty God, we also acknowledge that there are times when we've received the water in the past or we have even recommitted our lives to the waters of baptism and we've emerged from them and allowed ourselves to just become drip-dry Christians. Lord, forgive us for that and help us as we participate in your life and your death and your resurrection this morning through the waters of baptism that we may remember who we are but more importantly whose we are for almighty god i know that in the moment of creation your holy spirit swept across the waters of this earth that were lifeless and void and that holy spirit brought forth life 
that in bringing forth that life of salvation or that life of hope, that it speaks to us your desire to be in that connected, eternal relationship. Sin got in the way, though, Lord. Adam and Eve, they fell from the garden. And ever since, we've been trying to go our own way. Forgive us for that. And just as your Holy Spirit swept across the waters at creation, I pray that your Holy Spirit sweeps across the waters of baptism here this morning, that as we receive it, that we commit our lives to receive you. And Lord God, for those who are indeed receiving the waters of baptism this morning, may they be signs and symbols for every single one of us, and maybe even an invitation for one or two more to come forth to receive the love that you've given us in your Son and our Savior Jesus. So, Almighty God, for those who are to receive the water today, for all of us as we are given an opportunity to remember our baptisms and be thankful, I pray that we may feel your blessing with us this day and forevermore. In the name of your Son and our Savior Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area there, you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.